0: Today in Flex and the City, we talk to Denise Thomas, COO Investment Vector, Aberdeen. Being the best version of you is so critical to service, support, and success. All that happening right now in Flex and the City.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Rachel Treese for Flex and the City. And today I am in Scotland with Denise Thomas, and she um, is the Chief Operating Officer of Investment Vector for Aberdeen. Denise, pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. I'd love to know a little bit more about yourself because we share quite a lot in, in common. So um, you, you grew up in Edinburgh. So t- t- tell me a little bit about, um, you know, your growing up and how you came to be working at Aberdeen, Denise. Of course, yes. So um, so I grew up in a Muir House council estate in Edinburgh.
0: That's where I um, started my, my life and went to, you know, to school there and um, grew up with um, my sister and my parents. Um, my mum was a full-time working mum and my, my dad, obviously, full-time working. So grandparents helped look after us, as you uh, know happens with many, many families. And... Um, After leaving school, I went to university and I was the first generation of my family to head off to to university. Uh, So I went to Heriot Watt University to study accountancy and finance. Um, Quite unique, maybe in a way, or or maybe a bit unusual, is that I knew um, from about the age of 14 that I wanted to be an accountant. So uh, I'm not sure what that says about me, but I had that in my head (laughs) that that's what I wanted to do. So I was quite firm in what I was going to study at school. and do for my hires. So, um, I even even my part time job. I, I worked in Safeways food stores, as it was called then. It's now changed hands several times. And I started off in the checkouts, and then went to work in the cash office because I loved numbers and I loved working and all that. So, studied at university where I and I met my husband. Actually, I met my husband when yeah. I worked at Safeway. So we started dating when we were eighteen, <laughs> which was a long time ago. So yeah, and then went on to to work at work, work in Safeway, study at Harriet Watt, and then knew that I wanted to train to be a chartered accountant, but. To a slightly different route i didn't train with one of the big accountancy firms i trained in industry um, through the top scheme which still exists today which was a bit different as well um, so i started my career at scottish power uh, working in utilities did their graduate scheme qualified to be a, a, an accountant there worked in internal audit and got great exposure to all different parts of the electricity and um, sort of process which i didn't know a lot about until that point in time <laughs> Then next, I went to move and work in um, Scottish Water, so did some work in the sort of water and sewage industry. So again, still in the utility, mm-hmm. <laughs> utility sort of industry, which again a bit a bit different. And then did a stint um, as a management consultant working with EY, and did that um, up until I um, had my daughter, and then. She, When I was about to come back to maternity leave, I thought the, the life of a consultant traveling the world didn't go too well um, with a small child. So I um, moved into financial services, after better work-life balance and as a, as a career opportunity, because I knew that somewhere that the skills I had were transferable. But coming into somewhere like financial services, I would be able to go down a, a different angle. And then for the last 22, almost 23 years, um, I've worked in financial services, doing a variety of different roles. Um, started off doing fund accounting, I've um, been involved in regulatory reporting, I've been involved in looking after our workplaces, our third-party supplier relationships, you know, a whole wide variety of different um, activities over the 23 years almost.
1: Wow, and how have you um, juggled being, um, you know, a a mother um, and and being a leader? How, How have you managed to juggle that over the years? And I think, you know, the, the key to always a lot of these things is having a very supportive
0: husband as well. So we always managed you know, drop-offs and pick-offs between us. Um, I'm quite an organised person. You know, I, I like to be super, super organised. So, you know, the night before everyone's clothes were laid out, the packed lunches were made and everything was all ready. But I think when you're trying to juggle, you know, being a working mum, nursery school drop-offs, helping with homework and things and being organized really, really made, made the difference. And I've always made sure that every you know I've always been very open that I'm a working mum, that my, you know, that people knew I would I would take half days to go into school and help out. I didn't want that my daughter would feel that my mummy works, so I don't, she doesn't come in and help. So Friday afternoons, I would take half days and go in and help with arts and crafts or make sure I would go on the class trips and things. So try to get that really good balance and just make sure that, you know, because you do spend a lot of time, I did anyway, feeling guilty when I was at work that I wasn't with my daughter. And then if I was with my daughter feeling guilty, she'd be doing stuff with work. But I think you just have to make sure that you're you know, for me, it was being organised, being planned um, and having great support um, around me from, you know, my parents, my husband's parents and um, and my husband as well.
1: Fantastic. And so right now at work and in, in life, what motivates you? What are your core values and what's the purpose underpinning? You know, you're getting out of bed every day.
0: Mm, no, I mean, I think for me, I've always wanted to, to make a difference no matter how small that difference is you know it's really important to me that i feel that i'm adding value that um i'm doing the right thing and and what i'm doing is making a difference even if it's a small small difference i just always want to be doing that and for me that's really always been important that i'm there um I, i I know lots of people say this, but I am a people person, so I get all my energy from being around people and and helping and speaking to people and sharing ideas. Um, So that's what, you know, I love that buzz. I love being there um, and being me and being
1: authentic and true. And and in your career today, there must have been lots of leaders, either in utilities or in financial services, Mm -hmm. Denise. You know, who's been the most inspiring leader uh, you've you come across um, so I'm, I'm curious yeah I mean it's funny I I, I wouldn't say
0: there was a single person I, I you know I've through the years always looked at different people's styles and said oh I quite like how they do that you know or, or different things like that but and this is definitely maybe a bit of different the, the one of the real sort of and, and it's not a real person it's a fictional character but certainly um, and again some of the, the listeners may be aware of this show but the show called Madam Secretary, which is um, okay. an American yeah. show. Yeah. yeah, an American show, it's a fantastic show. Um, and Elizabeth McCord um, is Madam Secretary and then becomes Madam President. But when I started watching that show, her leadership style just really struck a chord with me. You know, she's, a, she's a, you know she was a working mum, but she was a, a strong leader, but she cared about people. Um, she always wanted to do the right thing. She wasn't afraid of making the difficult decisions. But she thought about the impacts and what it meant for different people. Um, And it was a really it was a lovely, nice new style because a lot of time in TV shows, female leaders were very much, you know, big shoulder pads and, you know, trying to be, you know, this is how it should be done and really, you know, bossy. But she did it in a much more authentic way. So I started watching the show and then just found that, you know, Elizabeth McCord was, you know, was my new true inspiration and what, what I felt made a great leader, even though
1: she's not real. I love it. Absolutely love it. And, and, you know, my intuition tells me, you know, you, you, you are a leaner leader that embraces your female energy. Do you want to tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that, you know,
0: when I, when I was growing up and when I was looking at leaders, there was a it was people like Margaret Thatcher that were female icons, or or you know, women who had big shoulder pads and were very much trying to be quite masculine. And that, you know, I tried that for about a day and it just wasn't me because I wasn't being authentic and it didn't feel right. So I wanted to always make sure that. I was being the best version of me, that I was being, you know, the type of leader that I wanted to be. You know, early in my career, people would say to me, oh, you're too mothering, you're mothering people, you can't be like that. And then I would try to not be like that, but that wasn't me. So I think it's really important that, you know, to be, you know, a leader and and hope that people would follow you. You have to be authentic and true. And so I, you know, I want to be me. And you know, if I if I feel sad, I'll tell people I feel sad. I'm quite open about my, you know, my emotions and things. And again. Thankfully, the world's in a, in a place now where people can be like that rather than having to suppress it and just always be very stoic. And yes, I'll take care of that. So I think for me, you know, I do care about people. I do. The first question I ask people when I sit down to have meetings is how you do and how's the family? I love to know about people because I think the more that I understand people that I'm working with then the more that we can get we get better results because we're understanding each other's strengths and weaknesses and, and what's what makes people tick. So, yeah, for me, that's really, really important that I can turn up to work and be my, my full self. I can be me and I can encourage other people to be that way as well and support other female leaders. And um, a lot of time in the past, and you know, especially in my earlier part of my career, there was very few female leaders that were in senior roles and um, there was two types. There was types that helped other females climb the ladder, and then there was the ones that pulled the ladder up behind them and, and quite liked being that I'm the only female in the room. Um, and for me, it's really, really important that you know I I help other females earlier on their career, or even, you know, it doesn't matter what your gender is, just help other people to, you know, to be to become better people, be better leader, people leaders, sorry, um, and grow as we as we all can.
1: So talking about other f-
0: females,
1: your daughter.
0: Mm. How old is she now? Yeah, so um, so yeah um, Megan is just turned twenty-three. Yes. Yeah, so my, my little girl I keep saying little girl but she's you know towers over me but she's still my little girl.
1: She's 23 and and, and does she know <laughs> does she know what you do?
0: Absolutely yeah no she very much knows what I do. In fact me- Megan um is Kind of following in my footsteps, she's training to be a, a chartered accountant as well. She works for one of the big accountancy firms, um, and you know, I, I would be surprised if you know when she was young if I ever thought she would actually want to be an accountant. But she absolutely does, um, and and is training at the moment. And I've always, you know, one of the things that you know because I was a working mum, I also wanted to make sure that that was blended. So Megan, you know, knew a lot, knows a lot about financial services, and I've not put her off. So that's a, <laughs> a big plus. Um, so she, you know. She came in and did work experience. You know, a lot of kids do that with um, going to their parents' work. But um, people were amazed how much she knew about financial services because I would talk to her about different things. So she would understand, you know, what, what you know what stock exchanges were and what you know what markets were ha- moving and things. So um, yeah, it's my whole family become part of my. Um, <laughs> part of my career with me but I think that's really important to to get that blend and so yeah so Megan's very much aware of what I do Um, and it's great actually because I've heard her talk to um, her friends and explain to them about that so you know things like you know how important it is to have a pension Megan was telling all her friends how important it was when you were young to start investing and what ISAs were and how they should have them so yeah I think that's
1: for me, oh, so that's really it's inspirational. <laughs> wonderful to hear. So mm. so if you were advising Megan or a mm. young person starting in financial services or even a 23-year-old version of Denise, what advice would you, you give them? What would be your best advice to a young leader?
0: I mean, I absolutely think that the best advice I, I I would give myself if I went back was make sure you're being the best version of you. Don't try to be someone else because it really, you know, you really get caught out and it, I suppose it's back to that authentic, you know, an authentic leader, but just be the best version of you. And, and, and this is advice, you know, that I definitely wish I'd given myself. Don't worry about what other people think about you too much. You, you know, you tend to worry quite a lot about, oh, what are people thinking? What if I wear this? What if I say that? Um, I think it's just being being the best version of you um, and don't be afraid to be the best version of you. because that, And that takes that took me a long time to realise that.
1: Absolutely. So, so a couple of years ago, I wrote an article about why our kids don't want to be bankers. Um, mm. what, what do you think the industry as a whole, as a collective, needs to do to, to attract more talent to, to this, this great industry? Yeah no I think that's a great question. I think we
0: we we have to get right deep into the schools and and catch you know and catch that talent when it's young and let people know what fantastic career opportunities there are in investments and in financial services and um, you know, people tend to think, oh, it's a bit like they've watched Wall Street or you know the Big Short, or they've watched TV shows, and they get the completely wrong impression. And there's fantastic career opportunities within financial services. You know, people can train to be lawyers, accountants, marketing, human resources. You know, there's so many different opportunities. So I absolutely think it's really important to to get into schools and educate. You know. And, People young, so they understand. But you've got to do it in a way that makes sense to them, using their language, using the tools that they're used to. You know, you know, kids nowadays, and you know, and you know, I live my life on my iPhone and my iPad. You know, so it's actually making sure that we can encourage kids to to learn more about money. And, Help, you know, help educate them on things like, you know, talk about pensions or ISAs or savings and just that kids understand at an early age. And I think that the more that they understand what it's like and um, absolutely then encourages them to come in. Certainly, I've been a big supporter um, of our sort of next generation programs that we have um, mm-hmm. at work um, and you know, looking at how we bring in people, whether it be through um Sort of school leaver schemes, so people who you know haven't gone on to university or don't know what they want to do, we bring them in for a year and give them experience of financial services and whether it's through things like career ready program where we mentor school children and help them, you know, come in again and give them four weeks work experience just to understand. So I think it's about reaching out to different parts of the, the community, reaching out to different people from different backgrounds and letting them know that, you know, that it's not really like what you see on the television and there's some really fulfilling and different career opportunities for you.
1: So it's not Wolf of Wall Street anymore not anymore sadly or no thankfully (laughs) (laughs) so if you were madam secretary and you could Mm. wave a magic wand that could change financial (laughs) services um what what would change denise
0: i mean i think i think we're on this journey but i'd like to make it happen quicker so i would wave my magic magic wand to to get more diversity um and inclusion throughout financial services i think The industry has come a long, 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 long way. Um, But I think what we really need is a lot of that diversity of thoughts. So people from different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that be people um, coming from a complete different career change, but, you know, women returners, ex-armed forces people, you know, people from different social backgrounds, different education backgrounds. You know, I think the more different backgrounds and different cultures we bring together, the different ways people think I think you have you end up with better results because people think differently so for me it would be getting that diversity and inclusion journey further further down the track by waving my magic wand and bringing in lots of different people from different backgrounds
1: fantastic and, and do you think Denise, I mean you're in investment but do you think mm. financial services is doing enough to connect with new generations as investors and potential employees I think they're doing more than they were but there's always mm-hmm. definitely room to do,
0: to do much more of that. Um, and I think there's some lots of great things. And you can do that through a whole variety of different ways. So I think it's important that, you know, whether it be, you know, going into schools and talking about what you do in career days or attracting, you know, young investors or helping people with, you know, education programs or or just trying to attract that different kind of audience I actually think there's a lot more we can do and whether that be spending time through different outreach stuff or even through some of the different charity work lots and lots of financial services you know have charity partners and get involved in different activities so I think the more that you can get your name out there the better absolutely it would be for the industry.
1: And talking about charity, Denise, um, I know that outside of financial services that you're involved in charity to work. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that and what that is? Yeah, of course. Yes. So um,
0: when, um, when my daughter was going off to university, um, we'd not long moved to a new village and I was keen to get involved with people and and make sure that I wasn't when she was off at uni just working working and working because that's an easy trap to fall into so I started volunteering with a a local charity up here in in Scotland called Kids Love Clothes and and what we do is we support local communities so people across Edinburgh and the Lothians and we get donations of um, what we call pre-loved clothes so clothes that children have grown out of that are in you know still in great great quality and shoes books and toys and we take them and we launder them and we iron them and we package them up in lovely little gift bags so that they look like they're you know brand new toys or brand new brand new clothing and then we work through a a referrals so from either health visitors social workers or other charities and um, things like you know domestic violence charities or right. you know various different things and we get referrals for children from age zero up to sort of 12 to 13 who are in need of clothes or books or toys and we and um, we provide them to the local communities so it's, it's so fulfilling I mean I think it's really great to be able to to give a little Bit back and take sort of the business skills and the things that I learned through working in financial services to help small charities because this is a fantastic small charity with it's entirely run by volunteers, we don't have any staff. So, you know, it was great to be able to bring um, you know, helping them with their financials, their accounts, putting things like policies and procedures in place, and help and um, get their name out there a little bit as well. So, I love doing that and um, very passionate about it, as you can
1: probably tell. Yeah, I, I can absolutely hear it. So, what would your invitation be, be to, to other leaders i mean everybody thinks of changing the world and nobody thinks of changing themselves what is your invitation for leaders in the industry
0: um, i mean i think absolutely and um, get involved in your local communities it doesn't have to be you know we change the world one step at a time. It can be, you know, give a couple of hours up, you know, to a local charity. They might need some help with applying for grant funding or they might need some help with someone to help them set up new bank accounts or whatever it may be. I would just say, you know, encourage people to reach out. And um, one of the things that makes a big difference to to the work, my to my little charity that I work with is, a lot of corporates have used their sort of staff volunteering days to come out and help us sort through clothes and iron clothes and things like that. And it's a great way for teams to, to team build, but it means such a lot to us. You know, if someone gives us an hour of their time, it's invaluable. So it doesn't need to be a big tank. I would encourage people to reach out because it's fantastic. You get such a great feeling from helping and, and a great buzz. I have met lifelong friends from doing this, from, from different backgrounds that I, you know, that. I would maybe not have met before. So I would really encourage people to to reach out and and help local communities and and large charities as well. But, you know, some of these local ones really don't get um, as much support as as they would love. Denise Thomas,
1: I just want to acknowledge you for showing up the way that you do so authentically. I'd heard about you um, before (laughs) I interviewed you. Um, It was all absolutely fabulous. And now I know completely why. So thank you so much taking the time to be with us today and sharing your story on flex in the city thank you so much it's been great you just listened to flex in the city catch us on our next episode